0: This podcast has language that some people may find offensive.
1: You're listening to Opie and Anthony, Opie and Anthony. on the virus Sirius XM.
0: This is Shock Chocks, the rise and fall of Opian Anthony. I'm Matt Provenzano.
2: But enough of this palaver. Let's get the show on the road. Episode 3.
0: It's cold out here. On January 11th, 2002, a new guest came onto the show for the first time. A comedian, 39 years old, not quite a household name like Seinfeld, brought into studio by Rich Voss. This man was Patrice O'Neill.
2: He's introducing uh, Patrice to uh, Aunt I and, and yeah. our listeners. Patrice, Patrice is a really funny guy. Probably one of the funniest comics out there. He, he's a creep as a human. Is it's he funnier than you? Uh, yes. If, uh...
1: <laughs> Ask anybody. Ask anybody. <laughs> Ask anybody who hasn't seen me
0: and seen Boss, they know I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> Patrice instantly became a favorite guest among the listeners.
1: This is what he, he thinks he's a made man. He's going to bring me up Opie and Anthony show and make no. a complete jackass no. out of me because right.
0: he's a regular guest.
1: He's like, come on in, everybody. Did hey, he tell Patrice, you he is a pinball machine that's broke. Hey, Secretariat, hey, everybody. <laughs> like he's bringing me through the back entrance and the good fella's like... <laughs> he thinks he's Ray
0: Liotta now. He
1: sucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here's Patrice O'Neill describing himself on The Late Show with Jimmy Fallon. I'm into isms. I'm a
1: big time. I'm a, I'm a sexist. I'm a racist, but I'm, it's fun. And uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I think it just did. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty good.
0: And I think that says it all. He was big, loud, and funny. <laughs> it was horrendous. <laughs> I gotta say it again. It was terrible. <laughs> What was special about Patrice O'Neal was his ability to pick apart taboo topics and sum them up in a way where you would understand him and almost agree with him.
1: If you want to destroy a man's fucking arrogance, what do you do to do that other than use your pussy? oh my god. Oh
2: my god. Oh my god. Do you hear
1: it she's doing the singing cuz she really don't have an answer. Oh! oh my god. Oh my god.
0: Agree or disagree with his crazy opinions, you long couldn't long not long listen. Long
1: she goes, "Oh yeah." Oh, yeah, you just look like your pussy's all filthy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> his presence demanded attention.
1: You know how you get the asshole? You eat the pussy, lick the asshole, and it feels good. Then you put a finger in it. And then the bitch wants to do something. Want to know how you pee on your girl? In the shower. Want to know how to get her to dick? Slap her in the face with it.
0: In one episode, he would talk about how, in his opinion, men are naturally better than women. Her vagina is the only thing keeping her at the level you mentally. <laughs> but you're better than she is.
1: Never forget it. And, and then
0: minutes later he would be dissecting the series of Friday the thirteenth movies.
1: Then three was three D, but it was great because the girl got shot in the eye, and that's when the hockey mask came. Then four, Corey Feldman. little in his Feldman. head, killed Jason. Yeah. Final chapter. But then five came back and how do you
0: know this, this is fantastic he could say crazy nonsense all day he could infuriate people he could sound like a cold-hearted bigot but he was real and he was hilarious he would talk about his favorite sexual positions Absolutely. so my thumb's in the
1: pussy i'm grabbing yeah. the ass i'm sucking her titties
0: she's sucking mine and then he would have a serious discussion about racism and this
1: country's so racist that just because your skin color and you're fucking not white but you embrace white you if you're white Cause of your skin color, but yeah. not really cause of who you are.
0: You're not from whiteness. Patrice had a quality that many comedians struggle to maintain. He was real. How many times do you have to deal with with a
1: particular group on a situ in a situation before you're allowed to go, I don't like them? <laughs> yeah. I don't scream like, oh you're a racist so fast because Look, I tip a lot, but I know there's black people that don't understand tipping.
0: Oftentimes he battled depression and dealt with anxiety about his career. But rather than keep his emotions inside, not only would he share his thoughts, he would broadcast them to the world.
1: You just go, hey man, you're funny, you fucking do things, you laugh, make people laugh, and it's all good, right? Fucks no nigga. <laughs> it
0: drives you crazy. just wanted everyone to know that he was real. It was the most important thing to him. P- There's a lot
1: of prosperous people mm. who no one respects, no one likes as a human being. But they just are prosperous. Yeah, yeah. And their doing families doing well. are prosperous. But maybe and they're, they're just miserable
0: pieces of dog shit. Maybe they're miserable.
1: Couldn't be more miserable than me.
0: <laughs> all right. When discussing the best episodes of Opie and Anthony, Patrice is usually a part of it. It's raining stuff.
1: How real guys change the lyrics to like men? Menace- you know, it's raining stuff. Yeah, <laughs> hallelujah! It's raining things, and it's all out here. It's raining stuff. Let yourself get. Absolutely Yeah, yeah, yeah (laughs) It's raining stuff. Oh it's raining things Uh Uh-huh Watch out Shit is flying around Uh, The fuck was that
0: It's cold out here. I lean my
1: seat back. Now you know I drive time was this about? About three in the morning. Put my um my skylight up, I look in the sky and shit just fall asleep. I lean back. You know, after about good five minutes of sleeping. I just my, my eyes open. Then I look to my right, out my passenger side. There's a guy looking in my window. <laughs> oh, I go, what, 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 what's up, man? He goes, it's cold out here. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker gets into a Subaru Outback with a Christmas tree on top. <laughs> He was going to suck strange black dick before he went home to take a Christmas tree to his
2: fucking family.
0: <laughs> the up and down game with Bobo.
2: The next time I'm at the stress factory, I might get her one of those, uh, those, uh, finished me off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fucking patient waiting.
0: The threesome story. This girl immediately down
1: and start sucking my dick. You got to understand, in threesome land, you you go, yay, in threesome land.
0: Patrice was one of a kind.
1: straight down and did her job.
0: People who didn't listen to Opie and Anthony probably know him best as T-Bone in Arrested Development, Lonnie in The Office, or as the host of WebJunk20. But on Opie and Anthony, the world got the pleasure of seeing Patrice O'Neal for who he was. After listening to Patrice discuss whatever happened to be on his mind that day, listeners got the sense that they really knew Patrice.
1: I was sitting there. You didn't pull any boys in the hood shit. I, that's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right there! laughs> I, I love that one. I fucking was punching the air like what the shit.
0: <laughs> in their twenty years of radio broadcasting, Opie and Anthony have had some unforgettable episodes. There was the one where Louis C.K. wouldn't stop asking if former U.S. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld is actually a lizard. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you directly, sir, but are you, are you a lizard? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> he's are a you actually. Can you just please give that a straight answer? <laughs> and Rumsfeld never said no.
2: Can you imagine if I answered that question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, and these are great questions, Anthony, and yep. they're questions that this that Mr. Rumsfeld
2: is going to answer better than almost anybody in the world. Yeah but, they, but he, I still want to know if he's lizard <laughs> and if he is stop it if he's tasted human flesh
0: <laughs> oh no, stop how about the episode where conspiracy theorist and former WWE wrestler Jesse Ventura comes on the show and got into an argument with Jimmy
2: when we are attacked by I feel a nation we should not it should be proven first I feel we proved it you feel we didn't you yep. also feel that fucking Bush was behind 9-11 so we're always going to disagree hey don't put fucking words in my mouth you but know if you're a... not
1: going to let me talk I'm out the door. You've been
2: talking the whole time. All you do is yell over people, and you don't want to address point by point. It got so bad that he left the show. Bye, guys. Bye, Jess. You Wait. always just sulk and walk away. Why? You I mean, you put I, words I, in my mouth. a
1: fucking guy here telling me I got a schedule, asshole. You're
2: using dirty language, asshole. Bye, tough guy. Bye, tough guy.
1: <laughs> thanks for your service to our country.
2: You're welcome. Thanks for touching me with your fucking stupid rip, riffraff from fucking Rocky Horror hairdo.
0: What about the episode where Anthony began trashing Sarah Jessica Parker after watching the MTV Movie Awards the night before? They had that Sarah Jessica Parker hosting. She was horrible. Ruth Buzzy in a dress. She, Her face <laughs> is looking like Ruth Buzzy. And Sarah Jessica Parker calls in. Sarah Jessica Parker. Hey. Hey.
2: Who's this? You're not Sarah oh, Jessica Anthony. Parker. Oh, these are the fellas that were just, uh, trashing me. Are these the guys? You don't have the balls to actually say to me what you said to your maybe limited
0: audience? Come on, buddy. There's the episode where Amy Sutherland, author of the book How to Train Men, called into the show to promote her book and was instead severely mocked to the point of hanging up.
2: So would you rather be bossed around or would you like to have somebody say thank you and smile at you when you did things they liked? I I would like it to be a partnership with my girlfriend because she was always a good dresser. She'd have sweaters and little red shirts and just massive gums and little teeny teeth. Ah! What's the matter? I just saw a picture of Amy.
0: What I want to do is
2: discuss the issue. Oh, I just, I just heard a click. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, There's the classic episode where Opie and Anthony claimed that the hundred and first caller would receive a hundred grand.
2: Did I win? You are the hundred and seventh caller. way! Get out! Get out! I won! I
0: won! When the excited caller seemingly won, it was revealed that he had won a candy bar. 100 grand. We gave away a 100 grand. It's, no. a, it's, it's a candy bar, bro. Congratulations. What? You just away? won a candy bar. Hey, what the
1: f? You've been I've been listening to f radio for like three hours, man. You said
2: 100 grand. Yeah, 100 grand. We gave you yeah, a candy, that's bar. A candy congratulations, bar. Congratulations, buddy. buddy. Oh, you guys are a bunch of juice. <laughs> hey, 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 hey.
0: Congratulations, man. Since Opie and Anthony broadcasted themselves live every weekday for years on end, Listeners felt that they really knew Opie and Anthony personally. The more they listened, the more traits they would pick up of each other's personalities. Each member of the team had their own quirks, likes, dislikes, faults, strengths, and a job title. Opie was the leader of the ship. Opie's job was to steer the show in a good direction. If it wasn't for him, the show would go off the rails on random topics. Sometimes he was really good at this.
2: Patrice, you gotta tell your story.
0: Oh, shit, Dude, that is a funny fucking story, man. That is a really funny fucking story. And other times, he derailed great conversations. <laughs> All right,
2: hold on. I, nope, hold I Hold on, seen I got yet. the game. I got the game. One hold, one on. One. hold on, hold on, hold on. Patrice.
0: Opie would also take calls from listeners who wanted to get a word in.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's say hi to Larry in Indiana. Anthony was a clown. He bounced off Opie and Jim's ideas and made radio gold out of it.
2: I've been asked to donate my, my genetics. Oh. Really?
0: Yes, I have been. <laughs> what to a fucking fish hatchery? <laughs> 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 his strength line, his extensive knowledge of history and pop culture.
1: They fucking caught him and threw him in the ocean like how you would flush cocaine. Down the toilet when the cops kick in your fucking we door. We needed that terrorist, Karen! <laughs>
0: Karen!
2: Karen! Yeah, how could you flush <laughs> They wouldn't have found him! We needed that terrorist! I'm sorry!
0: <laughs> but for all of Anthony's comedic strength, he struggled to reveal himself personally in front of the microphone, a trait that made Jimmy stand out from other comedians.
2: I had uh, what could be the worst sex in North America last night. Oh, wow. I was so awful. I picture getting <laughs> onto a trampoline, and huh. you're going to have fun, and you jump twice. Both times that you jump, your body is not, like, uh, standing up as straight as it should be anyway. Right. You're sort of, like, you know, just, just like, like, no bones in your body jumping. You're slumped over and mushy. Right. You jump twice, and then you can't jump anymore because something happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: God. <laughs> Anthony just wasn't that kind of guy. He made a joke out of everything. Jim Norton was the smart class clown. He would have listeners laughing until they cried. Are we getting the pilot
2: Chesley Sullenberger in for his new book? Uh, called we, One we, Decision, three pages? I, I, <laughs> oh. What is the uh, thing called, the book? I don't know. It's called uh,
0: Fuck Geese. <laughs> oh no, it's actually called Geese or Cunts. <laughs> and then he'd be debating religion five minutes later. I don't have any agenda, a
2: pro-God or against God when I'm talking right, about this right. stuff. I'm not too sure where I stand on it. There's nothing at stake for me negative. But I would like to believe, brother, that God fucking made the planet and that you're right. I would really like to believe that. That would rule. It would be great to think that when I talk, God is actually listening to me. He
0: had several characters that he would perform on the show, like Uncle Paul.
2: They liked that Uncle Paul. They did. They always had I would load him full of soda. Then you'd have to take him to the restroom. (laughs) (laughs) You you watch the ball game. I'm going to take Timothy. It's embarrassing for the boy. You don't want the other people seeing his penis. And Chip Chipperson. When he slipped and fell, they ought to say, what are you, paralyzed or something from an accident? <laughs> what? Yeah. I'd be like, what happened? Why'd you fall in a snowfall? What'd you have, paralyzed in a, like a fall or something?
0: I like when he emphasizes oh my syllables. Oh, oh, fuck. Jimmy was a fan favorite. <laughs>
2: wow, what's <going>
0: on today? <laughs> it was clear that the trio had fantastic chemistry, playing off of each other episode after episode. However, the more people would tune in, the more weaknesses became apparent. As I stated earlier, Opie would often bring jokes to a screeching halt. She went against her entire uh, concept for this book that she
2: wrote. All right. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> Look, it wasn't going to set the world on fire, I understand, but maybe maybe some acknowledgement that I actually spoke I would be just nice. Oh, thought...
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And jokes bombed all the time on that show. That wasn't the issue. In fact, they had a sound effect that played specifically for when that happened. You would take a beating and then move on. But Opie wouldn't take a beating. Opie was sensitive, and his mood clearly controlled the room. This is what you're fucking table. doing when Anthony's not here? <laughs> <laughs> He's
2: just showing this really? shit. Really? <laughs> that's funny, Otto. All
0: right, I'm sorry. It's a viral <laughs> clip, all He's right? Right. just kidding. All right, all right, all right. And that's not to say Anthony was perfect. Let's talk about Anthony's racism. It was often played as a joke on the show, especially when black guests such as Patrice O'Neill and Chris Rock were on.
1: You hate black people. I love you. I think you're yeah, great. That doesn't count. That Why doesn't does that count? You like
0: black person.
1: Yes. All right.
0: <laughs> but it almost seemed like racism was something that Anthony wore proudly, like a badge. I have he's never said much, a, he's, he's never said much admitting that a racist
2: now though. He's pretty much admitting that. I have. My mother used to say, you know, when I'd ask her, uh, hey, could you get me that or something? She'd be like, what do I look, three shades darker than you? You know, things like that. Innocent, fun things. You know, the the Brazil nuts were called nigger toes at uh, grandma's house. Things like that. You know, if I fucking uh, got uh, $10 in my birthday card and I wanted to go to the store to buy something, my mother would say, I'm acting like I'm nigger rich. She'd say
0: things like that. He often tried to back up his arguments and present a stream of thoughts that white America was afraid of thinking.
2: White people are afraid to confront them. They are fearful of black people because uh, of what they see
0: but would often lose his temper and just start screaming.
2: Shut up with your 200-year-old bullshit for a fucking word! You don't even know slavery, so shut up! Your father didn't know slavery, your grandfather didn't know slavery, his father didn't know slavery, so shut the fuck up with slavery! God damn! enough with that fucking excuse!
0: In the spirit of painting a full picture, I would like to mention that in his book, Permanently Suspended, Anthony claims that he is not a racist at all, and what you hear on the show is an exaggerated character. But at the same time, it's pretty hard to defend that statement when he said things like this.
2: Calm down, dog. I'm trying to talk. I don't like you calling me dog, nigga.
1: Oh, okay. I don't like you calling me nigga, uh, dog. What? It's just a
2: friendly thing. I I I use the word and I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Right, and I'm racist. Ow, ow. I wear it like a badge when people call me racist. Like a badge! Because I don't care!
0: I also think it's fair to point out that in 1994, when he recorded Gonna Electric Shock OJ, the song that got Obie's attention, he made a music video for it. And he played OJ Simpson. And he was in blackface. Here's Louis C.K. commenting on Anthony's behavior. You need to get, yeah. get
2: inside the margins because you're in, you're going to get in trouble. I love it. Oh, it's so much you're fun. Going
0: to, you're not quite in control of yourself. You don't think something you plus another no. factor that's not in your control. Besides right. Your, you're gonna you're gonna do some time if you're not <sighs> careful. Jimmy would also have his fair share of outbursts. It's kind of hard to listen to old Opie and Anthony with Jimmy just constantly yelling. Yeah,
2: your mother's a one-trick pony too. When I give her money, she sucks my dick and eats my ass. You fucking fan with an opinion.
0: He tried to remain as fair as he could regarding any topic, but sometimes he just didn't know what he was talking about and would come across as a pretentious bully.
2: The way I addressed it, turn him down a little bit. You're not going to talk over me, scumbag fuck. Turn Turn it down, turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. P- P- no, no, I forget.
0: When working a job with anyone for years on end, problems are bound to arise. But what was interesting about Opie and Anthony was that we as an audience got to watch it happen live every day. Sometimes it was clear that Opie's eggshell walk was tiring Jimmy and Anthony. What's one thing you want to say? A You're interview. a fucking horrible interview. Not to
2: Opie, to her. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just blonde hair Shut confused up. me. <laughs> enough with <the> shit. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I know, but enough, He's joking.
0: Really. We all trash that. each other here. Sometimes Anthony's race rants went a little too far.
2: You're not going to get 100% of whitey to sit there with their guilt, kissing your black ass. Fuck you, and fuck your
0: mother. Drama. Fuck you! Sometimes Jimmy just flew off the handle. Cut really slows you down mentally, doesn't it? Dad,
2: <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, go! Uh,
0: uh, kitchen, bathroom, toilet, scrub! <laughs> After a while, they just couldn't fake it anymore. They still enjoyed doing the show. Who wouldn't? They were millionaires with the easiest job in the world. The hardest thing about the job was waking up early. But growing differences between the three made it difficult. Well, let me rephrase that. Growing differences between Anthony and Jim and Opie made it difficult. Throughout whatever turmoil the show went through, Anthony and Jim remained the same. They still played off of each other. They still made fun of each other. They still made the other person laugh until they couldn't breathe. Well, I was diagnosed with AHBD. That's difficult. What's that?
2: Adorable, huggable boy disorder.
1: Oh, so see you're
0: cured. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And during all of this, Opie was watching. Keep in mind, this was a show he started back in 1995. And here he is on his own radio show, watching the two other hosts have a great time in studio while having a hard time to add anything of value or keep up with the wit of Anthony and Jim. He blows it out and Elmer sits on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a scene. (laughs) But why was there a separation growing between Opie and everyone else? Because of the eggshell walk. There was also the fact that Opie seemed to go a little too far with his radio bits. Like, there was the time that he invited a homeless musician into the studio to perform her song. I it, I it, yeah. And then he just smashed her guitar.
1: Go, 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 go,
0: the time someone came in with poker chips as a gift for everyone in the studio. What, are those good chips? I'm not saying that they're bad chips. Are they good no, chips? They're,
2: they're old. They're probably from the 70s. I just...
0: And then Opie threw them in her face. Come
2: on. No! Oh, oh God!
0: Oh my god! The time Opie filmed a person with a clear disability on his face, and then posted it to YouTube.
2: Beat half a Hulk face. What's up, Scott? How you doing? You got a steady girlfriend. Yeah, been together like almost two years. Is she blind?
1: No, she's not (laughs) blind. She's actually a college professor.
0: Oh, right on. This was the kind of humor that Opie enjoyed, where he clearly shocked everyone in the room. He was a shock jock in every sense of the term. And then, there was Cake Stomp. Let's talk about the cake stop. How it would work was that Opie and Anthony would do their morning show for XM, where it was censored and they couldn't curse or go over a certain line. And then they would do K-Rock in the afternoon, where all bets were off and they could say whatever they wanted. The two different offices were across the street from each other. So they would walk down the block every day at 9 a.m., at some point, they decided to broadcast the walkover. How
2: long has you been with her? 25
0: years. 23.
2: You guys, 23?
0: They have worked. Out they would interact with fans, random New Yorkers, exactly. cab drivers, anyone that looked Are funny. Are you a little worried about a 17 year old girl in your house? No. No? That will do anything to stay in America?
2: Exactly.
0: And during the walkover, they would also come across homeless people, as you do in New York City. Opie and Anthony would befriend them interviewing them live on air, giving them presents, and oftentimes inviting them into the studio where they were suddenly being broadcasted to millions. One of their poor friends was homeless Andrew.
2: Is this Andrew? Hey, Andrew. Wow, where Back. you been? How you
0: doing, Andrew? I love watching you been? the
2: decline of Andrew.
0: One day, Opie, Anthony, and Jimmy came across him sitting on the ground. Homeless Andrew brings out a cake to show the guys and says it's a present. Bring oh, what,
2: what is it? Wow, that right, looks good, but right, I am not touching it. In
0: true shock jock fashion, Opie takes the cake, jumps up, and stomps on it.
1: Oh, oh, come on! Come on oh, I had me. to <laughs> walk away! Oh, no! I, I'm leaving! Oh, no! Oh, you he,
2: know, didn't. Dead, oh, he didn't do that! Oh, he did not do that! Oh, no!
0: Someone videoed the entire ordeal, which at the time the guys didn't think much of, and put it on YouTube, where it did more damage to Opie than anything else in his long career in radio. It became a topic of concern the day it aired, and then again three years later, and then again in 2015.
2: He was our pal. Yeah. We talked to the guy pretty much every day. Every day on the walkover. I haven't apologized or any of that shit. I'm just getting doodle. I'm just getting the facts out there as I remember them, because I forgot all about this.
0: Listeners who didn't like Opie would use the Kickstop video as fuel to intentionally fire him. The attempt never worked. On April 22nd, 2005, this is how the show started.
2: Uh, Jimmy just fucking set me
0: off in bullshit.
2: Yeah, well, you annoyed Uh me too, so I guess we're human. No, it's bullshit, bro. Uh, Say what you want to say, but I'm not some idiot. You're annoyed at me, I'm annoyed at you. It's
0: it's life. Basically, he thinks uh, we blew off Sean Rouse last week. because you. I didn't blow off
1: Sean Rouse!
0: For 40 minutes, Opie and Jim had a war with words that was unheard of for the show. So then you're like, well, you didn't have to go to the Joey Paisano phone call. Well, well, first of all, that's a judgment I don't, I don't call. I don't talk
2: like that. That's I a judgment all, call. I, I went to the is. Joey Paisano call, and it was good radio. It was about gambling and, and addiction. You thought it stunk. Well, no, thought no, no, no. Shit. I didn't say it stunk. If I thought it stunk, I would tell you. I thought, thought it you stunk. It, I didn't you like it? Say it stunk? What'd you say? What'd you say? I could have waited till the next day because it wasn't, <laughs> because it wasn't something that it, because he was only here for one day. Dude. I didn't say it stunk. If I thought stunk, I'd tell you that. Then you sit here and try to make this make this happen. If I disagree with something, then don't ask people to their Dude, I have to make judgment calls every fucking day. These
0: guys. This was one of the first times that a full-fledged Fight among the hosts was broadcasted live on the air. But it wasn't just about Sean Rouse waiting outside. This was tension brewing between the two radio hosts for years. So I have a problem with Sean Rouse. I never said you had a problem with Sean Rouse. Stop
2: misquoting me. Then what, Stop misquoting me. Then what's the big deal that he didn't get a proper goodbye on the air? You're insane. I'm not insane. What, what's the rude? big deal? You're the one that was, you were about what a great comic you oh think he is, how you wanted him to come God. on. What is rude about forgetting to say goodbye to a guy when there's so much much shit going on? What was going on? Chris Jericho Jericho is here. I think we had something that we had to do at the show, you know. Make sure the show ends on time and in a nice fashion. That's a lot of shit going on? I don't know, dickhead, because I don't know what was going on that day, fuckface. Aw, don't get all angry and yell. You you can't say you want me to voice my opinion and then get so pissed off when I voice my opinion. In a
0: 2016 interview, Jim claimed that the reason for the blowout had more to do with Opie's growing sensitivity.
2: I, I, I... Are you really on the air trying to throw me under the bus with Hugh Panero? Well, well now if you want to... If you want to fuck around, Jimmy, let's fuck. I'll fuck around. Let's fuck
0: around. Go ahead. I say what I have to say on the All your opinions, right?
2: My opinion is this: since
0: the argument took place on a Friday, the fans had the weekend to take to online message boards and speculate what had happened. People were left to assume that the clash was a friendship-ending one, and that Opie and Jim would never speak again. Many assumed that Jim's time on the show had come to an end, and that come Monday they would be treated to Opie and Anthony and no Jim. And strangely enough, there was a large group of speculators who thought that the entire thing was a stage radio bit done to draw in more listeners. Even Opie's brother took to message boards to attack those with the more absurd theories. you going tell me you didn't agree with it?
2: We weren't going to do that. We were not going to do that, you ass. No, no, I'm saying you're going to tell me you didn't agree with it. The shadow blocking. Come on now. No, 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 the motives behind the reading, I'm saying.
0: On Monday, April 25th, Opie and Anthony were back on air. And this is how they started the show. Now it's bullshit, bro. I'm very calm.
2: You're insane. Come Come on, man. I'm very calm. I didn't say that!
0: I don't blow off people that I like. Right, right, now. you're right. That is bullshit. If you haven't guessed, that's Anthony playing with a soundboard that was created over the weekend of the various things Opie and Jim said to each other during the brawl. Opie and Anthony made a joke out of the whole thing.
1: (laughs) You know, Anthony really didn't support uh, his... uh, Showmates (laughs) Showmates <laughs> you just, Him just sitting
2: there And then another one was like Him just sitting there is proof that it was all fake Because he would have jumped there. And I'm reading these just going
0: Jimmy wasn't there to give his two cents Not because of the fight But because he was preparing to film his HBO special Surprisingly, as vicious as this fight was It didn't really have a long-lasting effect on the show Or the relationship between the guys It was just a spat in a long and bumpy career there were so many more fights on the air, and even another personal one with Opie and Jim more than a decade later. But being one of the first times that the listeners heard the guys screaming at each other like this, it was the first window into what was going on behind the scenes. You do focus on the negative a lot. That That is so sociopathic, I almost don't know how to respond to it. But the fighting wasn't just in front of the mics. And it wasn't just between the hosts. There's someone else in this story that I haven't mentioned yet. Someone who you might be surprised has taken me this long to mention. You see, Opie and Anthony weren't the biggest names in shock jock radio at the time. Not by a long shot. That title goes to the one and only Howard Stern. This is
1: The Howard Stern Show. Massey, you what's... topless? Would that be okay right now?
0: Howard Stern is the shock jock. I actually think it's unfair to call him just a shock jock. Because it doesn't fully encapsulate everything he did for radio. He's the self-described king of all media.
1: I have turned radio around and made it a great medium.
0: He's the most fined radio host of all time. He didn't care about offending you or hurting your feelings. He just said anything. You got those
1: big fake tits and I'm Hollywood, huh? Shut the fuck up. I'm not kissing your ass now, cunt
0: face. Fuck off. The fuck's wrong with her? How shocking was Howard Stern? Just to think of a few examples, there was the time that Selena, a Mexican-American singer, was tragically shot to death at the age of 23. While Stern reported her death, not only did he criticize her music, he said that Spanish people have the worst taste in music, and he played gun sound effects in the background. It's almost like you could not have it on
1: or have it on and my mood wouldn't change. I Alvin mean, and the chipmunks had more soul. <laughs> oh, the Spanish people have the worst taste of music. They really do. Let's dance to happy music. And <laughs> <laughs> big, big, big chubby girls and fongs. <laughs> you know?
0: Is that Selena? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Besides his shock jock nature, Stern's talents lie in his natural ability to conduct an interview getting legends like Paul McCartney, James Taylor, and John Stewart to spill their guts.
1: One person's love was enough for you. Mm-hmm. I find that mind-blowing.
2: Um, it just was different, and I think both of us had got that out of the way, and we were kind of fed up with it.
0: And Opie and Anthony didn't like him. We're the innovators. (laughs) Everyone else will be ripping us
1: off. (laughs) Before you know it, uh, it'll be uh, sea breezes in the Hamptons, (laughs) 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 Robert. That tool.
2: So we start from this point. Five years of crap he gave us, too. Uh, We got got tons of stories. Tons. Mr. Handle Your Battles on the Air. Mr. Oh, he mentions Opie and Anthony after we're off, kicked off the air.
0: I think it's fair to point out that Anthony was actually inspired by Howard Stern, as he would listen to his show on the drive to his original job, installing air conditioning units. He dreamed of getting on the radio from then on. It's also worthy to note that shortly after first appearing on Opie's show, The Nighttime Attitude, in the 90s, Anthony was a guest on Howard Stern's show. What
1: is your name? My name's Anthony from (laughs) Rodguddy. Anthony?
0: He's doing an exaggerated impression of Howard's co-host, Robin Quivers. (laughs)
2: Anthony, do
1: you have anything to
0: tell us?
2: Yes, what's
1: black and white and green? What is and that? my wife having sex on the lawn with the colored! <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: oh yeah!
0: When Opie and Anthony formed and reached success, Howard took notice. Usually, a shock jock would get his own show trying to ride the coattails of Howard Stern and then gradually fade out. But Opie and Anthony were different.
2: Every day this fine little virus yep. called the ONA radio show will just start spreading all yep. over the country. That's right! And we'll get our audience back, and we'll be on top again,
0: because that's how it works. Howard would just refer to them as my clones across the street. But things got heated when Opie and Anthony revealed on air that Howard's daughter had been taken to the emergency room due to alcohol poisoning. Howard wasn't having it, and it got back to Mel Karmazin, who told Opie and Anthony to never mention Howard's name on the show again. It was later admitted by Howard himself that he got the company to issue a gag order making it legally impossible for Opie and Anthony to mention his name on the show. There's an interview from Howard Stern himself that I very much wanted to include here, but the audio is too damaged, so I'll say what he said. Howard says, quote, When I was in business, they hired Howard Stern imitators to go on in afternoons. The fact of the matter is, I said to Mel, I'm not interested. This is a fucking gimmick, unquote. The interviewer says to Howard, quote, You say that they can't talk about or mention you, and you have the power because you're Howard Stern, and you're making all this money for the company. Isn't that a little hypocritical?" Unquote. Howard replies, quote, "'Sure, maybe, but you know what? I win, they lose." Unquote. Why'd you go to Mel Karmazin and say, you shut them up? Why'd you do that, Howie? I thought you fought your brave battles. There was even an event where Howard was supposed to be speaking. He heard of the presence of Opie and Anthony and refused to go on stage until Opie and Anthony had been kicked out. Of course, this didn't stop them from talking about each other.
2: This happened all the time. Howard would constantly whine and cry. VMA parties mm-hmm. weren't allowed in the VIP room. No. I'm like, wait, we're working for the same company. Why aren't we allowed in the VIP room? Unbelievable. What a hypocrite.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's laughable. I mean, it's like, it's like the Howard Stern handbook. The guys making a living doing the exact same show. And then what I even love more is the Howard Stern imitators like to bash me. I
2: love that. That's the thing that really is the best. Because they all try to act like they're doing something different.
0: Opie and Anthony have gone on record, even on late night talk shows, to talk about how much they dislike Howard.
1: He generally is not a nice person. Wow,
0: (laughs) They found out his daughter was in this avant-garde play where she talks about her vagina, so they turned it into a soundbite. My My wife's shining legs by the time now. We got uh, the Emily Stern remixes, Howard's daughter. And the feud continued. There were fans of both shows who were just here for the fun, fans of the ONA show who would hold up signs and wow stickers at events supposed to be focused around Howard Stern, and Howard fans who would call in the ONA show and shout Baba Booey. A term that Howard fans would yell as a prank in support of his show. John from Texas, what's yeah, up? Yeah,
2: boy, that one is short. Uh, Rusty to get the fuck off the air. Baba Booy, Baba Booy, Baba Booy. Oh.
0: Howard Stern was actually the unintentional reason that Opie and Anthony got the friends of the show that they did. Howard would get all the A-listers, the movie stars, the rock stars, the legends. So Opie and Anthony were left with sloppy seconds. They were usually regulated to guests like small-time New York comics which turned out to be Rich Foss, Jim Norton, Patrice O'Neal, Nick DiPaolo, and Colin Quinn, among others. Still, to this day, Howard and the guys really don't like each other. But there is a level of respect. Opie took the situation way more personally than his radio partners.
2: People know. I mean, we've said it a million times, and we do have proof. Howard Stern fucking cock blocks uh, people from our show. With guests.
0: In his book, Permanently Suspended, Anthony states that Opie wanted the fame and untouchability of Howard, but he never truly got there, and had a resentment as a result, on top of the other drama that happened with Howard. Here's Jim talking about the situation in 2018. This
2: fucking douche has been so obsessed with Howard. Do you know how embarrassing that shit was? How? Shut up! I was in the hall when I met Howard. He sat at a table and kept his fucking face down at the table like a six-year-old, scared that fucking the boss had walked in. Mm. I walked up to Howard. I'm like, hey, my name is Jim. He was like, I know who you are, man. He was really nice. And Ope sat two seats away, like in the lobby, just kind of staring down, not one. So stop it. Stop talking about people being obsessed. We worked with you for a long time. None of us like you. How did it get to this point?
0: Next time on Shock Jocks. Radio starts cleaning house.
1: XM satellite radio DJs Opie and Anthony, they're under fire now. R-O-N-A next.
0: Shock Jocks was created by me, Matt Provenzano. The music you are hearing was made by Brad Fry. The first part of the theme song is Gang With No Name by Tex-Mex from Director's Cuts. It can be found on ExtremeMusic.com. The second part of the theme song is Don't Stand Alone by Set It Free under Gas Can Music. The album artwork was created by Nick Balzamo. Thanks for listening.